Welcome to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. We're here to bring you helpful information from leading experts and give you effective tools and support. I'm Jason Grigla, a licensed counselor and founder of Techie for Life, a specialized mentoring program for neurodiverse young adults. And I'm Debbie Grigla, a certified life coach. And maybe most importantly, we're also parents to our own atypical young adults. Friends, hello, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. We've got Valentine's Day coming up and we're talking about love and we're talking about relationships and we're thinking about that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking about parenting and I want to talk to you about how to actually love parenting your autistic and your neurodivergent young person, how to truly love it, not in a fluffy, fluffy, like fake love, but like to really love parenting your autistic or neurodivergent child, teen, or young adult, even though there's the challenges and the struggles and and the stuff that you're dealing with. Because I get it. I've been in it and I'm often in it, in the muck. But I want to offer to you that it that there's ways to go about it that you can love it. And when you love it, it feels so good. And you have more energy and you actually get better and more effective and more skilled when you, when you love the experience of parenting, you actually develop your parenting ability and your skills. And then you become a better support to your young person. But when we're, when we don't love it, when we're maybe even hating it and resenting it and really struggling in it, when we're hating that struggle and wishing it weren't there and fighting against it, we actually end up making our parenting experience so much harder we deplete our energy. We can't access parts of us that the part of our brain that, that is creative and problem solving and handles things. We, we go into that lower brain survival threat response, the nervous system response where we're like, oh no, danger, we're going to die. And that's all we can see. And then we, when we parent, we're not as effective when we're in that brain state. And then it just reinforces that negative feedback. I was like, oh, this is, we're not effective. I'm hating it. See, I hate it. You know, this is a terrible experience. And then we have even less energy and less resourcefulness to bring to parenting. And then we're not as effective. And so then we like hate it even more and we just spiral down. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be able to have the experience parenting where you actually really love it. And as you love it, you are more effective. And then it just reinforces how much you love the actual experience of parenting. So I want to offer some tips and things for you in this episode to help you be able to develop more love for the experience of parenting. And and in turn, you'll actually be more effective at parenting and be able to support your kid in their growth and development, which is what I know all of you want. So recently, um, it's like after the holidays and we just have more gifts, you know, like my kids, my girls at home still you know, they had more stuff and we'd been playing and doing different things and their rooms had gotten really messy. My 11 year old and my 15 year old. And it was getting to the point where I was like, you know, asking them to get it cleaned and they were kind of doing it, but not great. And then it would be a mess again. And I was just getting to the point where like, okay, I'm, I just hate going to their rooms. This is a mess. It's time to tackle it. And I decided we're going to do it. But when I went into it, I I wanted to do it differently than I had in the past. Um, when my boys would have messy rooms and I was super stressed about it. And let's face it, like they really didn't have 
the skill set or capability to really do it well on their own. And I was expecting them to, I mean, both with like ADHD and like they struggled to like stay focused and organize and all those things. I had inappropriate expectations around it and I would get mad and resentful. And I would, when we would go clean the room, it was kind of like, why did you have food in here? And you broke this rule. And, you know, why is this here? And this is a mess. And, you know, just, it was a very negative experience. And I've since learned, I don't want to do that. So if we're going to clean the room, for me, the most important thing was that it be a positive experience and that we feel more connected when we're done, not mad and angry at each other. And also I'm just one that loves to like get a lot of benefit out of my time and effort. So one of the other goals I had going into it was I wanted to mentor them and teach them how to actually tackle a big project like that. And, and then also just the skill set of keeping a, a space clean. Like how do you make it so you enjoy being in this room and can manage your stuff in here? And a lot of that looks like removing stuff that, that you're not using anymore. That's just taking up space and weighing you down. And so when we approached it, I really wanted to go into it with number one, having a good experience with them, but number two, like helping them learn the skill of tackling big projects. And then three, just the simple skill of like how to make a space workable for you. And so I did a lot of front loading, prepping them that we're going to do this. I've set some time, I set time aside on my Saturday morning and I let them know we were going to work on this together. And, and I of course got some pushback. My younger 11 year old was like, I don't know if it's a mess. I like being in a mess and wanted to clean my room. And I'm like, I get that, but it's time. It's time to go in there. Let's make this a good space for you. And we kind of talked it through. And then when we, before we started the project, we, I connected and talked, okay, what do you think we need to do here? What would you like to do? And heard some thoughts. And then I added some things. Here's my thoughts on it. What do you think? And then I I got their feedback, you know, listen to what they were thinking. And we kind of came up with a plan together. And one of the things I did to front load this experience was to let them know, I'm not going to judge your room. Like, this is what your room is. This is where it's at. And I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to lecture you. I'm not going to complain about it. Like, we're just going to work on this room and make it a good space for you. That's all I care about. And let's have fun doing this. That created safety for them to know that that I wasn't going to be mad or judgmental, that we're just going to work together. And they had, they knew that I was on their side in this and I just wanted to be helpful. And so we tackled it. We had the big, the one, like the one trash bag for trash and another big black trash bag to put things to donate. And then we had what we were going to keep. And we just picked a, a section of the room and we just pulled everything out of it. And we, we sorted like what was trash, what do we want to keep. We cleaned up the space and then we like only put back the things that, she, that she, my daughter really wanted to keep. And then we would step back in that little section, like, oh my gosh, look how good this looks. This feels really good. Look how much trash we got rid of. Look at what you were able to donate. Then we would maybe get a drink of water and stretch for a second. And then we would like, okay, here's the next space. Let's go for it. And we would do the same thing, pull everything out, sort out what was trash, and then decide keep or donate. And we'd put things in the donate pile and find things to keep and then made the space really pretty and nice and organized. And then set back, look at it. Looks great feel good, kind of like give ourselves a little mini win here. We celebrate that little win, get a drink, and then we'd go back in again. And there was a few points where, I mean, because it was a pretty bad mess. It gotten kind of out of control. There were a few times where my daughter was like, I can't do this. I'm tired. I'm 
And I'm like, okay, that's okay. I'm just going to keep going and I'll just ask you. And we would, I would just, okay, keep donate. And I just kept going. And then she would like get back into it again and be revived. And we finished it. It was so great. And it looks so nice. And we ended up with like several trash bags of trash and several trash bags of things to donate. And we even found things that were still in really good condition that we decided instead of donating, she was going to sell it so that she could have money to buy something that she was wanting to, to get. She wanted to get a Polaroid camera thing um, for her room. And so she could decorate her, her poster board. And it was like dolls that she wasn't playing with anymore. And so she was able to do that. And we sold the dolls, the doll set stuff. And, and she has money to go get, get a Polaroid camera. And we had a really great experience, but the cool thing about it too, was I taught her skills and she got to see that she can tackle this, you know, big projects and how to go about it. And at the end, she, she was like, mom, I know I told you I, I don't care about the mess, but it's really nice to have a clean room. I actually do like having a clean room and thank you so much for helping me. And she's been able to manage it. She's been able to stay on top of it. It's still clean and tidy and it only takes a few minutes to, to tidy because she knows where things need to go. And we just removed a lot of the, the excess, right? We constrained it to just the things that she wants to have in her room. And then we did the same thing with my older daughter and went through that process with her and I did have a moment of weakness where I did chastise her. I promised I wouldn't, I wouldn't lecture. And, and, but I did have that moment when we're cleaning out the room and lo and behold, all my scissors that I've been missing. Like I buy those three pack of scissors from Costco and I go to have scissors and they're not in my drawer. And it drives me nuts when I want, when I need scissors, I want to have scissors to, to do my thing. And I keep buying more packs because I can't find scissors and now I know where they've all been going in my 15 year old's room in the weirdest random places. So I got all my scissors back. So now I have like an excess of scissors, but we need to donate some or store them somewhere and, and bring them out when I, when they go missing. But now I know where to look for my scissors. And I kind of tease my daughter, but she knew she's like, I know. I And she didn't even realize that she'd had them all in her room either. So it was kind of funny. It was an extra bonus to cleaning my older daughter's room was finding all my scissors. But I share this with you for a couple important reasons. Number one, one of the reasons that you're, that I see parents that I'm coaching and working with, that, that one of the reasons you're not loving your parenting experience with your autistic and your, your neurodivergent young person is because you have not made peace with or accepted the fact that they actually are autistic or neurodivergent and they have a disability and they have challenges and this is how their brain works. They're behaving the way they're behaving because of where they're at developmentally and the kind of neurotype they have and the kind of challenges and struggles that come with that. And you haven't been able to just accept what's in front of you. You can't love your parenting experience if you're arguing with it, if you're thinking it shouldn't be this way or that your child should behave differently or that you're there, it's supposed to be a certain way. When we accept what it actually is, that we accept our, our young person where they're at and kind of go through that process, maybe even mourning the loss of what we thought it was going to be or, or that they were going to be a certain way, which I don't think anyone really knows what parenting is going to be like or what your child is actually going to be like. And, and then you hit different stages and they're a little different. <laughs> when hormones hit as a teenager 
or what have you. But when you haven't actually accepted it and and you're not able to just see it for what it is, like behavior is not a problem. Their diagnosis is not a problem. They just are who they are. This is what I have in front of me. When you're able to do that and just love that person, love your young person exactly where they're at and exactly how they're behaving to be able to just love what you see in front of you. And then now what do you want? Like given that they're this way and this is where they're at, now what? And our job as parents is to love them exactly where they're at for who they are and then and then support their continued growth and development. So how once we've accepted this is their diagnoses and that this is their behaviors and this is where they're at, then we can say, how can I better support their growth and development given that they're this way and this is where they're at? What is the next little thing I can support? How can I connect? How can I collaborate with them? to help them grow and develop and and be the young person that they're that they are capable of being and that that and and support them in a way that helps them be able to navigate being an autistic or neurodivergent person in this neurotypical world how can i support them how can i give them the tools and things they need that is where the love of parenting comes is when you're tapped into how can i be that support person and how can i love them where they're at and offer that that support. Our job is not to change them. Our job isn't to fix them. Our job isn't to be mad that they are who they are, where they're at, where they're at. Our job as a parent is to accept what we see and actually assess it, like see it. I would go into that bedroom and it's like, this is what we've got. This is the mess. There's blankets and too many like stuffed animals and we've got toys and and things all spread out and mixed up and it's chaos. And how can I go in and how can I support creating an experience with my daughter and, and collaborate with her to make this a great space? It's that same thing in your parenting experience. Maybe your parenting's been all over the place. Uh, maybe your focus has been all over the place. How can you go in and create an environment where you know what your goal is, you have tools that you're going to practice, and how can you show up in a way? You're able to tap into your your own wisdom, your own resourcefulness, your own problem solving skills, and be that support and and person that loves that your young person through it through that mess. Right. I want you to encourage you to if you have not reconciled that to to do some work in that area. And can you get to a place where you just love and accept them where they're at? And then you're able to tap into how can I better support them? How can I give them what they need to grow and develop? That is a really great place to be. When your child has extra struggles, when they're maybe extra hard for you, it feels almost overwhelming. When you're able to take that and move it forward and see their progress, it it's so rewarding. And it's so exciting to be a part of that when you know how much you've had to overcome, how much they've had to overcome to get those wins. It's amazing. It actually builds more love when you are a part of that. Like you just, I I just love seeing it. I love seeing that progress. I love seeing the growth and I love looking back at where, where someone's at and then where they're at now and what they've had to overcome to get there. And the more they've had to overcome, the more amazing it feels to be a part of that experience. So that is where the love of parenting happens is when you tap into that, when you're able to look at it and say, oh my gosh, look how far we've come and we're a part of that. And so I want that for you. And if you struggle with this and you are 
hitting those roadblocks and those bumps and you're stuck, keep showing up here. Keep listening. We're going to keep giving you tools and, and perspectives and we want to give our wisdom. We want to see where you're at. We know so many of you are struggling and we want to help you get to a place where you're not struggling, where you're thriving and you're effective and you are loving it. So I hope you have an amazing week and I hope this was helpful. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com. E.com.